This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. From our virtual studios in the Netherlands, in Camarillo, California, it's time once again for the show that inspires you to be better, faster, and stronger. Yes, it is time for the Marketing Geeks. The show that makes you a better person. It makes you more ethical. It makes you more moral. And the show that makes you a better human being. That's right. You will drop all your bad habits. You will lose weight. You will get faster and stronger and think with words that your brain will use to make you brainy. And that braininess is going to help you with today's topic, which is going to be all about social media. That's right. We have a very special guest who is one of the greatest minds ever, ever in social media, who will be sharing with you the secrets of how to social media. That's right. In fact, uh, I'm excited about this. And so we have one of the best interviews ever lined up for you. So without any further ado, here we are, the Social Marketing media. Geeks. Marketing Geeks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, everybody, to another fine edition of Marketing Geeks. And we have an amazing guest here uh, in fact, I, I would have to say we have one of the most knowledgeable guests we've ever had on the program. Oh, yes, we flattery. Have, we I have a premier, premier guest on the show this week. Somebody that has the biggest knowledge base on social media on the planet. I think, what are you, one of five? One of the five top minds in social media. So this is uh, introducing Kristen Bush. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and and so you're you're from a social media examiner. And for those of you who don't know, if you are a marketing professional like we all are, uh, you have probably looked up how to do something, how to find some social media uh, tip or trick, or wanting an article about some interesting knowledge. And eventually, you will end up on social media examiner website. I I, I cannot even tell you. I think half the stuff I know I've learned from uh, that website. Thank That's you. true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. So We're hoping uh, that social media examiners a go to resource if you need anything when it comes to an answer to social, it should be there. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 tell me, can you give us a history of social media examiner? How you got involved and uh, uh, give yeah. us kind of the rundown? For sure. So um, it's kind of a long journey, but I'm just going to um, take us back to the days of the birth of Facebook. No, I'm not going to go that far back. It's way but, um, way back. I met Michael Selzner, who is the founder of Social Media Examiner, about um, seven years ago. And it was before... Actually, it was more than seven years now. Gosh, I'm dating myself. So it was back in about 2010 when I met him. And he had launched Social Media Examiner in 2009. And he his background comes from... He's like the guru when it comes to writing white papers. So he started... Um, really writing, writing white papers for brands. And it evolved into 
um, really honing his passion for social media and finding answers for marketers. So he developed socialmediaexaminer.com as that go-to resource, and it's just grown from there. Wow. And, and how did you get involved? Well, I am um, being passionate about all things marketing. Um, I'm kind of a connector. So when I met him, I kept him close. And he brought me in the first year that they launched Social Media Marketing World as a volunteer because I have a background in marketing, media relations, and events. Can you tell us and a little bit about, uh, explain what Social Media Marketing World is for the listeners sure, that don't know? Sure. So, um, well, what I was, that story was uh, he launched Social Media Marketing World seven years ago. So this, this year coming up is going to be our seventh annual conference. And seven years ago, or, you know, when I met him, he had this as kind of an ideation, a concept that he wanted to do. And I, we talked about it and I said, Hey, if you ever get to launching this thing, hit me up. I would love to be involved. So he came to me year one and said, Hey, you told me you'd want to volunteer. We're doing this. And I was, you know, game on, let's do it. So first year, um, I think we had about close to 3000 people for our first year. So that's pretty successful, mm -hmm. but we were at the Hyatt and basically took over some ballrooms. And I say, fast forward a year or two, we knew that we had outgrown the Hyatt. So here we are year seven um, and we're at the San Diego Convention Center, which is basically like an airport. It's huge. And we take over the whole convention center for three days. And this year we're expecting close to 6,000 attendees. Wow. So, and while the name is Social Media Marketing World, and it started with social media and social media tactics and strategies at the core, this has really evolved because these are marketing professionals. So um, it's not just social media that we talk about because social media is just one piece of the wheel. It's one spoke, right? So we need to put all things together. So these marketers are coming from various different backgrounds. They may be a social media strategist. They may be a VP of marketing. They may be an email marketing specialist. So these guys are trying coming to this event to learn about all things marketing, not just social media. And how many speakers are going to be at this event? So, I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of people and a lot of uh, sub, what do they call those? Just breakout rooms. But well, how, we, many, how many speakers? Uh, in, off the top of my head, I'm going to guess on that. I think we have about uh, close to 100 speakers. Um, and that's spanning the three days. We have Wednesday. So this event takes place today on this podcast. It's, what day is it? March 14th. Today is Thursday. Yes. March yeah. 14th. Thursday the 14th. Our event hits, you know, ground running, people walking in to register on Wednesday the 20th. So we're seven days away from the event, six days away right now. And um, we have about 100 speakers. We have a full day on Wednesday of all 90-minute workshops, very specific top topics where you're going to just walk away with how to, like a book on various different session topics. And then on Thursday and Friday, we have um, content underneath various different content tracks. So we have like a live video track. So we'll be talking specifically to live video. We have a blogging track. We have obviously Facebook organic, and then we have Facebook's paid track. We have Instagram, YouTube. So it's a gamut of really everything in social. But like I said, we have a lot more content now on like analytics and conversion optimization. So um, we're we're diving into social at a granular level, but we're really touching on a lot of things holistically so that you walk away being able to implement marketing tactics across many different channels. Yeah. So it sounds like you got a lot of everything for everyone. Uh, now, I, uh, after you told me about this event, I did go buy my own uh, VIP ticket or whatever you call it, the all access pass. So I do have that and I will be at the event. So if any of our seven listeners or actually only six listeners, because you're one of the seven here. Yeah, I took that spot. Yeah, yeah. so we only have six left here. Um, if any of our six listeners are going to be at the event, you can email me at realmarketinggeeks at gmail.com and we can try to meet up at the event if you're going to be there, social media marketing world. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited for this thing. This is going to be great. 
So yeah. you, you've you've been doing this for a while. You've seen you know uh, kind of the evolution of uh, peak Facebook, and now it's it, everything seems to be transitioning to a whole other scheme of uh, how social media is done. Uh, Justin and I have had a lot of conversations with people about where it's going, how it's changing. I'd like to know your specific, uh, number one, what do you see the most uh, fascinating thing that's happening within the social uh, realm? And and what do you see the trends? Where do you feel it's going? And uh, uh, how is it changing? And how's the health of Facebook? <laughs> well, okay, so something happened yesterday, which um, I think we should talk about. I mean, it was a, it was a scary day for a lot of people. Um, Facebook, I was scared. I was you know, scared. we were all panicking. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, WhatsApp, they all went down. And what was hilarious is that they all go down and everybody's, you know, it's like, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to talk to people in person? Like, I, I don't know even how to do oh, that. Like, I, you know what I did? I took pictures of food and I just stood on the corner and just like, as people drove by, I was like showing people yeah. pictures of my right? food. That's, yeah, with his Polaroid. He has a Polaroid camera. Yeah, yeah perfect. <laughs> I had to get, I mean, I actually, it's film. I had to get developed. It was <laughs> a one hour photo. Well, it was, um, I mean, Not that I know me, what that is. I don't know what that is. I'm too young. <laughs> <laughs> to me, um, what happened yesterday just kind of shows. So um, I'm going to take this from kind of a personal um, I feel like social is a very powerful tool. Um, these platforms are out there to help us connect with people. They're helping us kind of feel connected and they're, um, enabling us to feel a sense of community and tribe, right? Either with each other as friends and family or as colleagues, um, but also have that same feeling of tribe with a brand. But there's also the other part that's kind of um, causing this alienation or, um, you know, we hear a lot about it more with like a younger, younger generation, I guess, where there's so much going on where people feel like they can say so many things and do so many things behind a screen, but they don't act the same in person. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a blessing and a curse a little bit. Um, from the marketing standpoint, it's huge, Right. But if it's not used effectively and it's not transparent and authentic, it can be really a detriment as well. Yeah. So um, yesterday when we had this social apocalypse of sorts, I think to me, it was kind of like, you know what? There was this sense of like, ah, like relief. Like I don't need to be checking every hashtag and monitoring every list I have. I can just like put my hands up, breathe, maybe go outside. I don't know, like see if see what the weather's like. Like, I think we're so stuck sometimes as marketers behind a screen and always, I mean, go to this event at social media marketing world. You're going to just see people like this, you know, like all the time, like, Oh, selfie and Facebook live, you know, like, you know, like <laughs> scroll, 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 scroll. The, the biggest FOMO at social media marketing world is lack of juice, right? Cause then you can't collect the content. You can't share the content and oh my gosh, like what would happen if you can't share that one selfie with a speaker? You have no power. Well, you need so, to bring like five battery packs, five yes. of those adapters. I'll have Note all. Note to self, if any sponsors are listening that maybe a Mophie and Scipio, anybody that offers a charging case, we're still available for sponsorships. Um, but that's where I think that, like I said, kind of a blessing and a curse. Um, and I think that people, the other, the other lesson from what happened yesterday for marketers is that we shouldn't invest so much in these social channels. We really need to take a concerted effort in investing in our own real estate, just like owned media. Yeah. Um, hone and perfect the content that's on your website. It's owned. It's yours, right? Um, make sure that you're really investing in growing your email list because those are the guys that are, you know, basically saying to you, yeah, I want to hear from you. I really want to be connected. And it's not you know, you don't get this fear. Like I kind of was like, Oh, I wonder, does this have anything to do with Facebook's been under the microscope for a while? Right. They've had pretty bad two year run. And, you know, I was thinking, Hey, Mark just said, you know, forget it. I'm all out. Like I'm done. I think I have enough money. I'm just going to turn them off and just turn the <laughs> God, that'd be great. Oh, that would be <laughs> so great. That would be so great. Uh, so, so let me ask you, I mean, because we, you know, obviously it, it, it did, it, it, I mean, it was just a moment. I actually, uh, because of the time difference, I slept through the uh, the. Uh, oh, you're so lucky! You slept through the apocalypse. You slept through the apocalypse. I know, yeah, I woke up. It was over. Uh, but but uh, 
the, uh, the the thing I'm wondering about is okay. So we this is obviously like part of our lives. In fact, it was so funny. My 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 four year old he tells me uh, the other day. He goes, uh, uh, I, I said, what would you like to do today? And he goes, I want to make videos like Colin Keys. So <laughs> I was like, you want to be a vlogger? And he goes, yeah. And, and he's four, right? And, and so it, it, this technology has really uh, become part of our existence in a, in a very uh, scary way. And as you were saying, uh, a lot of people are witnessing their world through a screen. They're not even yep. connected to uh, what's around them. Yet there is a hunger for authenticity and realism. And, uh, you know, as as we have seen, the government has become completely ineffectual. Our, uh, our institutions are falling down around us and becoming untrustworthy. Uh, there, I think part of the responsibility as marketers is to give people the realism that they're uh, that they're uh, desiring, but the, yeah. but the, let me ask you this: you're um, you've been doing this a while. What do you see as like the most important things that most marketers seem to be missing nowadays? Um, I guess there's a lot of things. <laughs> um, if I could narrow it down to a few things, um, I think really that what you were just talking about authenticity and transparency and kind of living out. Um, I think us as consumers, we're smarter. We're way smarter, right? Even like you're talking to your kids. Okay. So my daughter is 10 and yeah, I've gotten to ask for TikTok about 20 times thus far, (laughs) but it's, you know, when I talked about blessing and a curse, that is a blessing too, right? So even our kids are understanding that they have a voice, right? So they can be publishers at such a young age. I mean, some of these um, influencers per se or micro-influencers are 10-year-olds showing you how to build a Lego set, you know, and then they're sponsored by Lego. And it's just, it's like the 10-year-old entrepreneur is pretty impressive, you know? So that's, that's what social has allowed us to do is be our own publisher. And there's no real age limit. It's just more like, parental control, I guess. And I'm not, I'm not there yet to say, yes, you can launch your own YouTube channel. But, um, like I think for brands, I think definitely understanding that the consumer is, has so many ways to get really truthful information that the brand needs to be authentic, tell their story in a way that's really going to connect with the consumer. Sometimes I think marketers are still, the brands are still doing this like push strategy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm only going to tell you what I want to tell you. And that's not what we want to know anymore. Like we have a choice. We have so many choices and the, the brands that really kind of present themselves as like, I'm really in it for you. I'm going to answer all your questions in an authentic way. I'm going to show you inside of our brand, you know, um, maybe take a CSR angle to the approach of their business. You know, why did they get in, in it in the first place? Was it just to make a buck? Well, then we're probably not going to be attached to you, you know? So I think if you look at some of the most successful brands, you're going to see that those are the guys that are taking risks. They're, they're experimenting a little bit and they're saying, they're apologizing when they make a mistake. You know, it's like yeah. we screwed up. Um, we apologize. We hope you come back and like we gain your trust back. You know, it's the yeah. ones that hide that stuff or don't come off as authentic or share kind of more of the um, history or like, why would we want to really bring you to our kitchen table? You know, like if I'm sitting around yeah. the kitchen table with my friends and I'm having a barbecue, what brands would I want to hang out with? You know, I probably yeah, it's, it's like true. I look we're, at it like before. that. Because it, 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 it used to be that brands would kind of substitute a, uh, a portion of our lifestyle, right? Like this represents my lifestyle, but uh, brands have really become more of a personality. Exactly. And uh, I, I, uh, I, I see that time and time again. And, and Justin and I have talked a lot about uh, the problems of, with authenticity. I mean, we as a culture, I think we as a, as a global species are tired of getting gaslit all the time, right? Being, being told, you know, shown uh, 
uh, a pen and being told, well, this is actually a brick of gold. Yeah. And if you don't believe it, then, you know, you must hate America or whatever, <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever the, the thing is. And, and, and we're being, we're, we're, there, there is no black and white in, in a world like that. So, uh, so as a brand, uh, because this is the, one of the questions that I always ask, I ask three questions when I start working with a brand, I ask, uh, okay, who are you? What do you do? And those two questions are pretty easy. Uh, the third question, which is always stumps, I say 95% of most people I work with, uh, why do, does what you do matter? Why does it matter? And that's a question that a lot of people have trouble uh, answering because they get stuck in this like, we're not sure because when you realize what you do matters and who it's mattering for, then it opens up kind of the world of, of who you're speaking to. Uh, so in a post, so let me ask you in a, in a post Facebook world where uh, the brand of Facebook is becoming not as trustworthy as it used to be, because that's, you know, uh, Google, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all of these brands, part of their, their, the, the thing that they're selling is the trust factor that we're giving them their data and we'll trust them with it. Uh, what do you see the future of Facebook looking like? Honestly, um, I don't, right now, things are pretty up in the air with what's happening. Um, I mean, there's the, I mean, we have the hashtag fake news. What's going to happen there? How are we going to, how are, platforms like Facebook and Instagram going to be able to monitor what is actual legit and what is not credible news. Um, that's, that's a huge undertaking, which they're trying to attempt to see what they can do. Um, you know, like there was this recent issue with vaccines. I don't know if you were, um, oh, yeah. oh, right. So they're basically scrolling and finding all these different groups that are um, using kind of like vaccines kill or, you know, don't vaccinate and all these different um, yeah, hashtags to kind of yeah. put onto their, their content. Now it's kind of a, it's a funny uh, juxtaposition, right? Because these platforms were launched for us to share content in our own manner. Like there is, there isn't supposed to be a big brother, which now you know, news outlets and government organizations are basically saying, hey, no, you know what, we got to control this because now there's groups that are taking different groups down, you know, and um, there's a lot of bullying and there's a, you know, we have like different organizations that are literally like building up groups to, to mind wash people. So um, where it was once like a peaceful place to play, it's grown into something that is way more powerful than I think even Mark thought it would be. Right. Right. So, um, I wouldn't really want to be in his seat at all right now. Um, I think that we're, it's, it's going to be a, a year ahead of policy and reform. I mean, we've even seen that though on the other side with like GDPR and what's to come with CCPA, at least in California. So, um, a lot of these things weren't even brought up by Facebook though, you know, like data infringement and policy, privacy policy, like that stuff that Target, Experian, all these huge brands have been hit with, right? So it's not just Facebook. I think it's all organizations, all brands have to really take a, an, a really solid look at the content that they're sharing, um, who they're influencing and their power at hand. And it goes back to being like really authentic, right? Yeah. So um, Facebook's the top, I mean, they're the top social network. So they're taking the brunt of the blame right now because they're billion. And they own so many of the other channels, you know, so like they've purchased everybody else. So it's like, okay, well, we're going to definitely come at you hard. Um, And, you know, I don't, going back um, when Facebook basically was, you know, Mark was on the hot seat. Um, in front of the house and Senate. I just remember watching that and part of me had to laugh because a lot of these senators and congressmen are just um, so antiquated in what they even know about the platform. Some of those, I mean, it was like, it it was like these clueless old white guys uh, talking (laughs) to a robot who was kind of half malfunctioning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mean, if anybody, if anybody hasn't sat down and watched that, um, there's been so many parodies, but honestly, I think the best version is the real version, you know, cause yeah, there doesn't yeah. be a parody of it. It was basically a pair. I thought I was watching a parody the whole time that I was watching that. I mean, three plus hours, but I mean, 
there was a lot of questions asked there that Mark obviously couldn't answer, but I don't think that they really, this has evolved over time and has grown so fast, you know, from what, um, from what he wanted it to be out of a dorm, dorm room with connecting just college students to where it is now is, um, just Harvard students. They always say in business, right. There's huge with growth comes major struggles and pain, right? So this is his, he's going through that now. Um, now, what's interesting though, is if, if Hillary Clinton had been elected a lot, this probably never would have come to light also. So it's kind of, that's kind of an interesting factoid to think about um, because a lot of this is in response to Donald Trump's yeah. election, I would say. Well, there's a lot of response in the fact that, well, I won't get on political <laughs> sides, but yeah, like- yeah. Oh, please do. We love <laughs> it. Fake news. And when, um, whenever- you know, honestly, I heard the other day, like, I think it was you guys maybe said that if you want to be president, all you need to do is just have a Twitter account. And well, just, yeah, but you also have yeah. to have the media post every tweet. So yeah. every time you tweet, you need like CNN and all these uh, these networks to pick it up and run a front page story too. So I don't know who's like, um, is it is it his tweets that are making us then look at, a di- at the platform or is it the platform that's calling him out? You know, so well, it's... Um, He's provocative. I, I, Every time he tweets, it's provocative. I have another theory about that. I, my, my theory, I mean, you know, Facebook is only 15 years old. I mean, that, I mean, think about like a 15-year-old girl or a 15-year-old boy, and they're just walking around like, you know, yeah. doing that. You know, I, like when you, when what I was doing, Andres, what are they doing? Say that again. <laughs> that's Maybe perfect. that's why I never got invited to prom. <laughs> I was always doing that. I, mean, I don't know, but uh, uh, but the thing is, is that is that you know we, it is an evolving thing. We, we you know the internet is only thirty years old. That's it, you know, and so we're 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 still trying to figure out this technology, and it's gotten ahead of us faster than we know what to do with it. And you know, and this is this is where I think um, uh, we are at a, a crisis point with the, the human race because I think that. Uh, collectively, we know that there is something very, very wrong with our institutions, not just government, uh, but, you know, religious organizations, uh, the, 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 the things that we all held dear and we knew would be there forever, companies that, you know, we thought would be around forever, our 401ks, our, you know, our, our, uh, our retirement funds, all of those things are, are starting to disappear. Nothing is certain anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so I miss Radio Shack. I miss reading checks. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and so what, what we, what we're, I mean, when I was, I was uh, working for Comcast in uh, 2007 and when I, when I got that job, it was like the best job ever. I made so much money. Uh, and then as soon as, and I, I told, I've told the story before, as soon as Netflix uh, started streaming, I, I had a meeting with the VP of the entire division and I said, what are you doing about Netflix and their streaming? And he told me that, that they're not our problem. What our problem is, is, is blockbuster video rental stores. And I, I was just like, you guys are going to go down. I mean, that's it. And, and so, you know, the industries are popping up and disappearing and becoming super powerful and then evaporating before we even know what to do with them. I mean, I think, I think that uh, uh, Snapchat isn't long for this world. And for a while, it, it was right up there with Facebook and Instagram. So uh, the, the real question then is, uh, did, we, uh, did the, the individual number one get elected uh, because he really got elected? Or is it just really a part of it, just like us going, you know what, let's just, let's just put it all on greed and see what happens, because why not? Just don't forget, he was the first. He's the first president to really, or the first, yeah, the first candidate to really use social media like hardcore. Um, yeah. I mean, we. Uh, I mean, but I don't. I mean, yes, but like no one's, no one's fact checking. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. anybody yeah. can send out tweets like thirty thousand times a day. I mean, I can tell you the platforms where you can schedule those out. You know what I mean? He, sure. there's, it's, um, it's a powerful tool, and it yet it needs to be you need to honestly like take an uh, interesting look into yourself to be like, am I, is this, do I want to be known for this? I don't think he cares. There's like no filter, you know? And, um, and I, I think it's honestly sending like, I don't want to go down too much of that rabbit hole that we were talking about, but um, I think social media is really powerful, but it can be used as a really poor way of communicating and connecting with people. And that's what we're seeing. And, um, I think there's going to be a lot of enhancement and refinements made, but 
you know, first amendment, like where, where do we draw the line? Where's the line? Yeah. You and, know, and like part of that is the social responsibility with, I mean, the thing is, is that some of these platforms and some of the, the influencers that whether it's, you know, the president or other influencers just on YouTube or micro influencers, what, what the whole point of the, of, of it is, is not just to share information. It's to create a feeling is to yep. create some sort of emotion that people can get whipped up into a frenzy, whether it's like putting your stake in the ground because of anti-vaxxing or putting your stake in the ground because of those damn liberals. Or well, it's putting, a voice. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. medium to get your voice out there. Yeah. And, and that's and what it is. People are tired. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, that's what it is. The kids of today don't want to be Hollywood stars anymore. They want to be YouTube stars. Well, that's what, so. I mean, think about, so my, my major is public relations, public relations, right? So when I, I'm not going to tell you when I graduated, but when I graduated, it was all brands coming to me to basically get them ink, get them coverage. The only opportunities then, okay, you can, you can do the math, but the only opportunities then honestly were big networks, right? And like um, magazines, like US News or, you know, like a lot of those, that's not, that's that has totally changed. That whole yeah. environment and landscape has changed. Well, the barrier to entry now, was much deeper back then. It was much harder to get into those platforms than it is to obviously anyone could start a YouTube. It was, and that news was highly respected, I would say, or credible because it was so hard to get in that spotlight, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, and now there's so much content. There's so many stories. It's hard to judge what's true and what's not. Um, you know, there's thousands of different blog outlets. There's um, Reddit channels where people, you know, like have a huge following on Reddit. So are they considered an influencer? You know, there's, there's so many different means of getting content out there. And then again, the brand can be the one sharing their own content. So you have to like really do some due diligence to kind of fact check on your own, anything that you're really kind of trying to digest. Let me, let me ask you this. Is the earth flat and our satellites fake? No and yes. <laughs> satellites are fake. <laughs> I'm just going to say no and yes for every single thing, and we'll see where it goes. That was so, as funny okay. that, that that's spread on social media, though. The flat earth. So, so we're, we're, we're entering this day and age where it's, it's hard to figure out what reality really looks like. It's, it's, you know, we, we, it's hard to trust not only news, but also uh, social media sources, uh, whether or not a business is actually being authentic or whether or not they're greenwashing us uh, by giving us some sort of like trying to whip up that energy to make us feel good the way that, uh, say Pepsi did with their failed, uh, commercial attempt mm -hmm. with, uh, uh, with that horrible commercial. <laughs> with oh, the Jenner so, sister, one of them. <laughs> oh God. It, I, I mean, that was a disaster, but the, but so, the, so, so in your mind, uh, so we talked about a little bit about authenticity, what kind of techniques would you use as a marketer or as a brand to, uh, help with establishing a level of authenticity and a level of trust for your brand? Like what kind of content would you recommend people develop? Well, I think you, for, for it to be really authentic and like driven by the customer, you need to be listening to the customer. I think one of the biggest fails, if we could go back to like where marketers and brands are failing is that still it's like the old school mentality of I'm the marketing professional or I'm the CEO and I've been here for X number of years or I've, I've been in this profession for so long. I know exactly what the customer wants. That's, <laughs> that's BS. You know, I mean, we're changing customers change like our desires, our wants. Um, what we see from a competitive brand is now like, Oh, that's made a shift in our mindset that we need to be looking for that over here. You know? So I, um, I was going to talk about some like tools, things that I think are really helpful. This kind of parlays into that is that yeah, we need, we need to be listening to the customer all the time. So for developing, let's say what you're saying, this authentic story from a brand, listen to your customers. What are the questions that they're asking you? What are the pain points that they have? Look at reviews, look at the reviews of your competitors, you know, like, there's a lot of spy tactics, you know what I mean, that brands and marketers can do that I think they're not doing. And if you're not taking the time to really understand your target audience or 
um, really get into like what moves them, then you're not going to be able to tell that story. Mm-hmm. You know, why are they, they have, like I said before, we have so many choices, but why am I going to choose you? You know, are you answering my questions that I have? Are you actually taking what I'm advising you into consideration? Or are you just kind of like doing the push message and not listening? You know, and, and I think that, um, like some things that are super easy and I've even consulted with brands and I've asked them this question and it kills me when I go, Hey, you guys have live chat on your website. What are the, I need to get like the data from the live chat. What are the top, like if you could put them into funnels or little piles, like what are the top questions that you're getting through live chat? You know, it's like, and they're like, I don't know, you know, I don't even know if anybody keeps that information. We don't really know where that is. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's like a gold mine that you've paid to have live chat enabled, but no one's really honing in on what are the top, like most common questions that are being asked. That should be content, like a series of content, you know, like email, website content social little snip snippets here and there. And with SEO changing, like SEO and rank brain, I mean, what they're really moving towards is they're looking for user intent. And if you're answering questions that your users are, are asking, then that's what, uh, that's, what's going to get the higher SEO rankings going forward. Yeah. So So I have a a story for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys know this guy, his name is, um, Marcus Sheridan. And he's oh, he owes me 10 bucks, that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah? No, I don't know. Me no, too. I, I, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so um, his, I think his handle is at the sales lion. And I met him year one at uh, Social Media Marketing World. And he did a presentation where I was just like jaw drop. So easy. I mean, this was back six years ago. Mm-hmm. And it really was about SEO, but the same idea of answering questions that aren't being answered. So he owned like a small pool company, like a pool business. And um, he was finding that no one, like all his competitors, no one was putting like a price or a price range on how much it would cost to put a pool in their backyard, right? Just give me an, like, Bullpark. we want that information. Like, hi. I'm, I'm working on my backyard. I want to know kind of an idea of how much it's going to cost me square foot for concrete. Can somebody just freaking put it out there? <laughs> and, and nobody wants to be sold to, cause they're used to big, you have to call and get the sales call instead. And they but want we all know out. that if you're asking for my email or like, do you want to get a quote? Like, Oh God, I'm in a commitment now. And I don't know if I'm going to really want to be that committed with you. Right. Yeah. So why don't you just be transparent and say, you know what, this is how much it's going to start at. Like then it alleviates people that aren't in that price range anyway. It alleviates like boggling up your customer service team True. from going through inquiries where they're not even kind of that. They're not qualified. Um, yeah, qualified lead. So anyway, this Marcus Sheridan, he's really interesting. And if you know, for your other six listeners that are listening, <laughs> I would really recommend maybe following him. And I think I believe he has a now he's basically a speaker. Mm. But this whole idea was really to you know, like basically saying, I, I started putting that dollars, dollar amount on the content, answering all these questions that consumers had. What happened? I don't, he totally demolished the competition, you know, and now he isn't running a pool business anymore, people. So he is a speaker that speaks at all these events. And now he's a consultant that talks to people about like super basic stuff. Listen to your customers, give them what they want. You win. Well, again, yeah, you know, it's, it's all about user intent, user. Intent. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny that you say this because a few months ago I, I had a client who, uh, they ran a skincare company. And, uh, when I walked in there, the, one of the first things I asked them was like, have you run any market research to your clients? Do you know how they're finding you? And they're like, well, no, but maybe we can hire somebody to stand out in front of like the, uh, you know, the, the place where they buy the, the, our cosmetics and we can like tick something on a, on a map, but we got to hire like an agency. I said, no, just simply put something inside every single one of your boxes. And, and you guys have been around for five years and you haven't run any market research. And so I said, the first thing you have to do is run some market research um, and find out what the customer journey is. And the second thing you have to do is uh, start 
asking your client base based on, you know, just have whoever's on social media, ask them what kinds of cosmetics you'd like to see happen next. Yeah. And, and they, they looked at me and the guy says, you know, I don't want to do any kind of like thing where people have to answer any questions because whenever I travel, it's this guy, uh, right? And, and uh, he had a bad case of what I call male answer syndrome. You know, one of those guys who think they know everything. And he's like, whenever I travel, I never want to fill out one of those forms. I'm like, but you're not your customer. I hope have- my dad is not listening because he's one of those people. Yeah, uh, absolutely right, though, Andres. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> if, you, if you're the owner of a business and you feel that way, you're not the customer. You have to realize that there's a reason that other companies do this. It's because people do fill out those forms. Maybe not a ton of them, but a certain percentage will fill them out and that'll give you the data you want. So and, and that was I, think that, I, th- I think the form, okay, bottom line, yes, customer research is so important. And like the brands that can, if you're question number three, right? And what's the differentiator? Why would I want to go with you? If somebody, if a brand can't answer that or like, what's your story or unique value proposition, that's where it's like, hold on. You know, it's kind of like a stopping point. Um, We need to do some hard work and maybe it doesn't even need to be super hard work. And you can start with like little tangible baby steps to get some solid input. Um, I worked with a client and, you know, it was the same kind of argumentative okay, now we have to, okay, so we have to stop and now we have to send out all these surveys and what's the response rate going to be and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, let's, let's stop. Let's think of a a better way to do this that wouldn't take so much time, but we're going to get valuable information and do it in like little baby steps, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and so we did, we literally, it was, it was so ancient, but like took a spreadsheet, created an Excel spreadsheet, put all their phone numbers in there and we made phone calls. Like it was amazing because then that's open-ended, right? When you have a survey and you're really asking for kind of a like a yes, no radio button, fill this out. You only get that opportunity to get that information, right? And there's no like huge incentive unless if you're sending something in a, in a product box, which I think is a great idea. Um, if there's some incentive for them to send that in, remember, maybe I'm really old, but remember like the radio stations used to send you a dollar and they would ask you to fill out like a, no, am I, I'm literally dating <laughs> no, myself. I, 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 I don't totally, remember that one. I wish I got a dollar. Oh, I totally remember this. Like this was maybe pre-college or whatever, but the radio stations used to, for the polls, like the courts and stuff, they used to send you a dollar with a questionnaire form to fill out. And it was almost like, oh, you felt guilty, right? I can't keep this dollar without not sending in the survey, right? So right. it was like the guilt factor into learning. Law, and law of reciprocity, the law of reciprocity. Right, yes. And like pay it forward. I got to, you know, I can't just keep this and not do anything for them. But um, we phone called like just a handful of customers, you know, weekly, I would just put it on the calendar, like, okay, you're going to call five customers this week. That's not a lot. Just call them, you know, like, what do you like about our service? What do you not like? Like, when we ask for reviews, you should never say, leave us a, sorry guys, leave us a five-star rating. Like that's not, that's basically saying we only want a five-star rating. And if you're going to give us bad feedback, don't give us the feedback. Well, there's no way to improve if you don't get bad feedback, you know? And um, I always say like, can you give us an honest rating? And that opens up, when you ask for an honest rating, it opens up a plethora of opportunities and from a marketing standpoint. Um, it also, for like, let's say your local brick and mortar business or something, it, it gives you that opportunity to say, hey, we need to correct this. You know, we wronged you and we feel awful. Come in and let's try to make a good, right? So, um, but I think like just taking some little baby steps to really listen to your customer when we did the phone calls, the amount of open-ended, just ad-lib conversation with a wealth of gold was amazing, you mm-hmm. know? And we took that information to create content that was that authentic content on the website. Um, we used it for, it gave us a lot of ideas for long tail kind of email marketing strategy. So um, if you can just have conversations, get some feedback from your customers, use social listening and monitoring tools to kind of uncover what people are saying. There's like, it could basically build out your marketing campaigns for years. Yeah. 
Well, wow, I mean, that I is think, great advice. That I think really story story is so critical in every bit of marketing. And I mean, I come I came from the seminar background, and I still work with some seminar companies. But if you go to if you go to seminars, like all the speakers that are on stage will tell you a story with their time slots, because they know that stories connect with people on a subconscious level. They know that um, stories can seed certain things. Like if you if your client is uh, if you know your client and you know their objections, you could answer them in the story. Mm-hmm. So essentially, if they're if it's done right, you can actually answer these objections in the story. You could build an emotional connection with your audience. You could be a little bit vulnerable, which makes people connect with you more. Um, yeah. And it, like stories sell. Bottom line, and there's a great book out uh-huh. there um, that the Story Brand book. I don't know if you've read that one by Donald yeah. Miller. Yeah, really, really good book. Uh, I mean, so some of the, you're right on some of the tracks at social media marketing world. And um, there's another, uh, kind of guru when it comes to storytelling park Howell, he mm-hmm. does a, um, I think he has a full workshop that I attended a couple years ago. Um, Jay bear, which isn't, I'm sure another name that you guys know, um, Brian Solis, they all kind of really talk to, you have to have a solid story yeah. and um, one of our, uh, sponsors that came in is kind of, a, they're a video agency, but they really like there's video agencies everywhere. Um, what I think is really powerful with them that I'm excited about is that they really work with brands to uncover the story. And that can take a good amount of time because like I said, the marketer or the CEO that's heading the company thinks they know the story, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, this is the story we want to tell. Like we wrote it out. Here's the storyboard. Here's our little visuals. And this is what our story is going to be. And, you know, a lot of times like you, p- the other people in the room go, well, that's not, that's not a very captivating or compelling story. You know, <laughs> like, why is that? I don't really, there's no passion in that. That doesn't yeah. tell why we got founded in this, why we're doing this. So well, it's got to connect on an emotional level. So a, a well done story should be telling metaphors and it should connect on an emotional level with the audience. So yeah, it, and it could be honestly something that's so buried. You know what I mean? Like as companies grow and grow and grow, they kind of forget what got them there, why they came in the first place. You true. know, like, what are you, what are you doing this for? Have you forgotten? Like, why did you put in the long hours and like, like lose sleep and and what was really like feeding you to get here? It wasn't money. What was it? What was, you know, and it's like having a partner to, to really dig and find that gem, you know, that gold mine, and then be able to visually tell that story through different content mediums is huge. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that, and, you know, the ones this that is are creative about it are just killing it. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 this is this is something that it takes a certain level of alchemy and wizardry to uh, do. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little new agey here. Sorcery, sorcery. Is, yes, it's sorcery because the thing is, is that what, <laughs> what you're really talking about is developing a transference of energy. Um, and and some people are wow. Really, this is really, getting very cosmic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, 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 if we talk long enough, believe me, aliens are going to come into the picture, and we're going to talk yeah. about multi-dimensional. Uh, portals and the whole bit, but the thing yes. is, is that that uh, part of what you, as a marketer, there is a certain amount of sorcery in it, where you help somebody develop that energy, so you can transfer that energy to other people. I mean, one of the the, the primary things that I see in a lot of businesses, especially as they're starting to step up and really put a stake in the ground with a belief that they have or a view that they're taking when companies would have never done that a few years yeah. ago uh, to, to really be brave on that level is, uh, is to, to whip up some sort of emotion. And that could be uh, whether it's anger about something or whether it's uh, the, the feel the, the need to feel like you have to do something or uh, take an action like buying something. But, but part of that, and I think the good marketers, uh, really help companies boil down that one aspect, which yeah. is 
what is what is your truth? And I, I, I am telling you, if you are a marketer and you run into a client who uh, has that sort of issue like I had, which is, uh, hey, I don't really need to do market research. I don't really need to listen to my clients because uh, what we've been doing has been working fine. Run. Do not work with these people because you will have nothing but misery. And uh, the other component is, uh, like you were saying with the with the pool guy, don't don't shortchange yourself. Don't lower your prices because the worst clients I've ever had are the ones who yep. I charge yep. the most. Yeah. The easiest, the easiest clients are usually the highest paying clients too. Yeah. yeah. And you know, um, it's also that, so Tom's the shoe brand, right? Tom from MySpace? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know him too? Does he owe you yeah. 10 bucks? Uh, he owes me 20. He owes me 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he has Venmo. Um, no, Tom's, I, I'm not like, I'm listening to these stories all the time, but just recently their CEO took a, a position on a topic and I'm totally forgetting what it is and I could go look it up. But it but was a position. He took a strong, he put a strong foot forward, no pun intended there with Tom's, but on a position which is gonna, and he was very like when he was interviewed, um, they said, you know, you're gonna obviously hurt relationships with some of those customers that you have, you're going to lose customers on this. And he was like, you know what, this is what I believe. And I'm going to lose some customers here, but I'm going to keep a lot, a good amount of customers. And I'm going to win customers that feel the same passion and take the same stance that I do. And I think what it proved to me, like I'm a big fan of Tom's and I'm probably going to be more loyal that he actually basically is putting himself out there. He knows he's going to alienate some people, but he's not trying to be something for everybody. You know, he's following his passion. He's being authentic. The brand is being authentic. The story they're telling is authentic. I mean, they definitely have a very CSR angle. So they're always going to have that side to it. But, um, like you were saying is like, you don't nickel and dime. Like you can be when I come from a digital agency background, right? A lot of digital agencies say they do everything and anything and they do it all amazingly well. That's BS. Like (laughs) hone in on what you're really good at and just say, we're really good at this. We don't do the other shit very well. Sorry. So we have some partners that you could go to for this, you know? So, um, when you, when you try to be everything for everybody, then you totally like limit your real core capabilities. Let me tell you this. Tom's strategy there was a shoo-in for success. There you go. I love it. But for for real though, um, yeah, we've talked about this a lot on the show, but I mean, the more generic you are that you're going to lose, generic marketers are going to lose in the coming years. If you're, if you're not, I mean, with automation too, it needs to be more personal with, uh, with messaging, it needs to be more segmented. And yes, you have to take some stands because we can't market to everybody. And if you're marketing to everybody, your message is watered down, period. Yes, exactly. It's watered down. You could, you could send it out there, but it's watered down. So and the ones that like are, yeah. 18, 20 different landing pages trying to go after a different audience and your, yeah. your, product, your product library is going to probably be like all over the place. You're not going to know exactly what you want to focus on. It's like, yeah, you have to compete to stay alive. Like you talked about businesses going under. But that's kind of really looking at everything and how can you reinvent yourself or how can you reinvent yourself for the customers that you already have? You know what I mean? Like you don't want to lose them. They always say like to gain a new customer costs three times what it is to really like, yep, keep that really solid customer that's been with you. So same thing. Don't try to, you know, just try to get everybody by saying, oh, we need to do this and we need and, to do this. And marketers should that. invest some of their budget into retaining and keeping their customers happy. And we talked about this a lot also, but I mean, you could get, if you could keep your customers happy and, and create positive word of mouth and create and incentivize them to give referrals, that's a good use of your marketing budget instead of just chasing new clients every single month and yeah. ignoring yeah. your current ones. Yeah, A lot of companies, I think, do that. They just go into this rat race and they just always are going for new clients and they forget about the ones they already have. No, honestly, when we did that, like we talked about the customer surveys and getting input from your customers, taking the time to do those phone calls, we had, right then, you would get off the phone and no joke, like three days later, we'd get a referral from that customer. So it's almost like they need to be reminded, but then they also feel super appreciated when you take the time to like 
Hey, we really value your opinion. We want to know what, like you said, for the skincare line, you know, what, what are you looking for in terms of changes to our product line? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you liking? What are you disliking? What about our price point? Like really ask the questions, even if people come back and they say, you know what? I hate this product. It's super heavyweight. Like it stinks. It's awful. And okay, we'll take all that information and bring it back to R and D and, and try to hone and refine and then go back to those guys and say, Hey, um, we've done some work on this based on your input. We'd love to send you a trial package. Um, and you know, we would love it if you would kind of become kind of an ambassador for our brand and tell our story bad or good. Like I said, it's going to be out there anyway. Right. Yep. So if you can turn that problem into a brand ambassador, which is, you know, uh, it's a, it's a hard thing to do, but if you can, if you can do that, uh, you know, it's an automatic win. Uh, before we, I, I want to switch gears a little bit because we're coming into the tail end of the program. But yeah. uh, you said you had some some quick hacks that uh, you mm. discovered along the way. I would love to hear what those things are. Let's hear them. Okay, so um, I have a, a bunch of them, but I just kind of wanted to. For me, I think at the core of marketing, like you said, is kind of storytelling and content, and what we've been talking about a lot today. Um, listening to our customers, right? Or listening to the audience at large. And um, there's so many ways that we can do that. There's paid tools and there's free tools. But I just wanted to give some of those tools because here's the way I look at social listening or listening in general. Um, If you can get those really like, like, hear the the pain points of your customers or at least that potential customer base um what is challenging them uh, what are the questions that they have that you could capitalize on that's not just going to develop content for social media you know like you have to think about this as listening can enable what we've talked about as product development right um there might be a gold mine for a new product category if you do some social or just investigative listening right or getting on the phone with your customers or even potential customers if you're able to access that data mm-hmm. um you can take that for um you can also use listening in terms of identifying crises like if you're going to spot something early just by honing in on keyword phrases then you can kind of stop those things in their tracks, right? Or you can identify an opportunity for press coverage. You can also use it for email marketing strategy. I, I hear all the time, like marketers that say, I am, you know, I'm kind of failing on the email marketing side because I just don't know what to share. Like, I don't even know what's in my queue. What am I going to send out? How do I identify something that I can talk to my customers about that's going to be relevant to them? So what are some of these tools? Let's, let's hear a couple of them. So... These are not new tools. One tool that I think is really powerful and easy, Quora. Mm. So if Quora is not in your lineup of tools to use to identify content, put it in a bookmark on your browser for listening tools, Quora. Go in there. You can even just, huh? Q-U-O-R-A, right? Q-U-O-R-A. Yeah. So, and you can advertise with Quora as well for brands, but I go in there and I'll literally put in just a keyword question mark. You know, like skincare, question mark, skin, you know, new skincare product, question mark. Like um, maybe it's a specific like wrinkle filler, question mark. You know, think of what it might be something that you have in your artillery for your search engine optimization. And it's kind of your keyword strategy. But really think of what keywords are your customers using or what are they talking about? What's going to be important to them? And then do a do a search on Quora. Um, Another one like that is Reddit. Like I use Reddit all the time because there's so many dedicated channels. So if something's rising in a channel, that's an opportunity to kind of I drill into it and like see what's being talked about. Um, you can kind of use it backwards too. And they love, they love being spammed in the Reddit community. They love it. Yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> so, but I mean, um, rising Reddit topics, if the ones that you can see, I mean, BuzzSumo is another one, right? BuzzSumo, if you can go in and search for a topic and kind of see, I use these things all backwards. So let's say for search for optimization of content on your website and you go to BuzzSumo and you find one of the more trending articles in a space, 
look at the actual keywords you're using. They're using that author or that outlet in that article and make sure that some of those keywords are in the content that's on your site that you're using within your emails or within your social, social content. Um, another tool that I love, let's see, I mentioned Quora, Reddit, um, BuzzSumo, um, let's see. Well, then there's like more paid versions. So, social media examiner? Um, well, <laughs> social media examiner. I mean, that's a lot of resourceful content. And to be honest, go to social media examiner and, and type in top tools for content marketing or something. Okay. And there's going to be lists and articles. But another one um, or another few that I would recommend if you have a budget is actually getting a social listening tool. Mm-hmm. Because these social listening tools now scrape more than the the big four or five social con- um, channels, so they're scraping blogs. You can even tell these social platforms. You can work with your customer support rep to add URLs to those. So you could say, you know, I'm in the automotive industry, and I want to add these 25 to 40 different websites that we want to troll. You know, we want to make sure that we're identifying or finding the right messaging so that we can take that messaging to really refine our paid media efforts and answer those questions in our paid media headline, right? Um, So Talkwalker is one of them. That's, uh, these are like, they have like very entry level, not super expensive packages up into kind of like a few hundred dollars a month based on how many users you need and how many mentions you'd be bringing in. So like if you're a Coca-Cola, probably bringing in a ton of mentions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, um, so like net base, um, talk well, marketing, about- marketing geeks has like seven mentions. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I would do, I mean, I, I, you're going to have to track those through just a hashtag or something, but, um, <laughs> you could actually be using like a free version through like Agora, Agora Pulse or Sprout Social. Like they have free platforms where you can set up like really basic listening. But um, another one is Meltwater, which started as uh, like a traditional media tool. And they've evolved because public relations in general has evolved, right? Yeah. But Meltwater, Talkwalker, Sprinkler, these are all social listening tools that scrape, like I said, basically a ton of different blog outlets, YouTube channels, um, really, really powerful for scraping reviews. You know, so getting, bringing in your Amazon reviews and your Google reviews kind of all in one place. So you don't have to be opening numerous windows to find out what's going on where. Good stuff. That's good. That's good stuff. And of course you could set up Google news alerts just to get, you know, information coming in about different things, uh, which is a free tool. And, uh, uh, Google trends is also, yeah. uh, You talked about Google trends the other day. I love Google trends. Yeah. I, I love that you actually listened to the show. That, that, that just... I did my homework. You're supposed to obviously listen to the guys that are going to interview you before you get on the interview. That's good. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. Not everybody does that. <laughs> That's the media background in me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. Right on. So uh, tell us, uh, tell us where, uh, give us some plugs here. Cause you've got the event coming up is of course the fabulous social media examiner, which is an amazing resource. Everyone should go there and sign up uh, for the newsletter. But uh, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, plug some yeah. stuff? Okay, so last plug for Social Media Examiner. Um, every year we produce a social industry report. It's like a 44-page document. I suggest to everybody to go and download it because there's some real gems in there that can help you with your content as well as help you kind of hone in on what strategies or tactics you want to implement next year, next quarter, kind of what's trending and maybe what to pass on. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I would go and download that industry report. It's at socialmediaexaminer.com. Um, social media marketing world, like we mentioned, is taking place in six days. Um, there are still tickets available, of course, and you can also buy a virtual pass. So if you can't make it in person to beautiful San Diego, I'm really hoping, crossing my fingers, that um, our three months of straight rain here in California <laughs> won't come back. But at least you're um, indoors the whole time. So it's not that bad if it rains. <laughs> oh, but to be on the bay, you're right on the water. We want to be able to go walk around gas lamp and take in beautiful, sunny San Diego. So True. I'm hoping not to pack my umbrella. <laughs> um, 
but it is in six days. Tickets are still there, but you can also, like I said, buy a virtual pass. So you can get all of the recordings from all of the workshops. Like I said, there's probably, I think there's like 17 workshops that are 90 minutes. Um, if you're going to pay for each one of those on like Linda, Udemy, LinkedIn learning, you're going to, that's going to be the ticket in itself. So, um, and then you get all the next Thursday and Friday, all of the content from all of our content track sessions bundled in that recording. So that's a really good opportunity. I mean, the value is there and you can bring it. What I do is I bring it back to work. So for brands that are listening or small businesses just getting started, um, it's a good investment because you can take that back and do like lunch and learns or like coffee sessions with your team throughout the year. I mean, you don't, you can put it on your calendar to, to do one, you know, one recording, one 50 minute training per week, you know, and just digest that content so that you're able to implement those strategies. Yep. And especially if you're like, say living in the Netherlands, uh, uh-huh. that'd be a, uh, a great way to, be part of the whole thing and take you gotta hop on a plane, man. You gotta hop on a plane. I am, I'm coming, man. I'm gonna be there in May, so uh, we'll do some some live face to faces. But uh, well, this is this has been an um, like just an amazing. Uh, you're obviously uh, a wealth of knowledge. We haven't even uh, scratched the surface with uh, some of the things I wanted to ask you. I mean, uh, you know, the well, we'll have to. I'll have to come back, and maybe by then you'll have like ten <laughs> listeners or something. Maybe, but every time we get another one, one drops off. It's just the the way it goes. Uh, Kristen Bush, uh, part of Social Media Examiner and uh, uh, just an all-around awesome person for being on our show. We want to thank you so much for uh, this. Right back at you. Yeah, right on. So you'll you'll, you'll actually be on the show again? For sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, we got got you on audio tape now. Yeah, that's a, that's a contract. I can't, I, yep, and I stick to my word. I will stick to my word. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, and uh, well, thank you so much. And with that, we close out another fine edition of the Marketing Geeks. Man, I uh, I thought that was uh, quite amazing. And I, uh, I, I got to say, Social Media Examiner, I, I cannot even tell you how much information I've grabbed from them. So go to that website, check it out, uh, go to the event, and, uh, you know. And, 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 Come see me there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at right. the event, Social Media that's Marketing right. World, this Wednesday, coming up, that's, whatever day that is, like the 20th and, or something. And, and, when, and when you see Justin, just walk right up to him and just kick him hard in the nuts just so both feet are like two inches off the ground. It's hard don't, as you can. Don't do that. Don't You'll do love that, it. You can slap me in the face. You love it when I do that. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, man, I love the show. I love uh, the fact that our seven listeners are listening to us. Please, uh, if you don't want to leave us a five-star review, just be honest and tell us what you right, think. Yeah. We love feedback. Honesty is the best policy. And since our listeners are so incredibly moral, like we talked about, be honest. Be honest. Exactly. And uh, because you know what? We love doing this. We are here for you. We want to make the show better. We're going to do that someday. We promise. And that's why I go to events like Social Media Marketing World, so I could bring you the content right here 